Hi, welcome to another episode of Stardust MQ. I'm Cameron Furlong. My guest today is Dr. Helen Wolfenden. Helen is a lecturer in radio at Macquarie University and has spent most of her professional life as a radio broadcaster with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and the British Broadcasting Corporation. So Helen knows a thing or two about radio. I had a chat with her recently about all things podcast, the history of it, and where it is now and where it could go in the future. All right. All right. So how are we going to do a meta podcast, Helen? Because I sent you an email on Monday asking you to be on the on the podcast after I spoke to Chris and said, shit, I got to have Helen on the podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without any idea of how to do a meta podcast. I yeah. just sort of I just sort of threw that out at you yes. um, into the into the ether. I, I declared that we would be doing a meta podcast without the knowledge of that so how are we going to do a meta how are we going to do it we well the do first it? the first thing i'm going to do is just not be offended that it took you that long to think of talking to me um <laughs> but, hashtag passive aggressive wow um, no <laughs> no no i'm sorry helen you, you weren't in the astronomy department so well, i didn't contact you originally that's what you but i mean there's chris muller i mean yeah. come on i've only just started oh you going, branched out uh, yeah i've just like just this this month really okay just started okay. branching out so Branching <laughs> out into the okay. <laughs> um, all right, cut all of that um, because that was a bit rubbish, and I was only being facetious. No, um, okay. I'm keeping it all. Helen. Yeah, I keep yeah, everything. All, it all stays. Uh, there, there's no such thing as editing, right? No. That, <laughs> this is pod. I mean, that is meta pod. That is meta, right? Podcasters yeah. don't edit. Do you, please tell me you edit. I do edit. Okay, good. Yeah, of course. Well, we talk. But about I won't it. edit this. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> damn! On the record, off the record, on the record. Yeah. Um, so we okay a meta podcast. Um, the interesting thing about podcasting, I think, is that it's always been a bit meta, um, which is not something that has been so much in the space of other spoken word audio forms. Like you know, for for those of us have, who have come through the the medium in in the sense in its I guess original form in in spoken word radio. My experience of that was that we were really bad about talking about what it is that we did, um, which is one of the reasons I ended up doing the the, the absurd thing of a, a PhD um, in the field. So for me, the fact that podcasters often talk about podcasting and how they make their podcasts, I mean, what could be more meta than the, the first big podcasting company breaking away from the big parent radio production organization this american life and creating a, a, a weird startup company that didn't fit the models of silicon valley startup companies and deciding that they would make the hbo of podcasting and their first podcast would be a podcast about how to start a podcast company if you know podcasting is is the the sort of uh the mecca of meta. How's that for a soundbite? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm marking that in, in, um, in audition. That's, that's our soundbite done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, that's it. We're done. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, okay, so, good, thanks, thanks so much, Helen. No, it was, it was good. <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> I was just thinking if you're making a podcast about setting up a podcast and then that podcast fails, that's, that is the peak of irony, really. If the, did, yeah. I hope, I hope they didn't. Fail. No, so I mean, but sorry. actually, a part of me hopes that they didn't because yeah. I would find that very, very funny. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I apologize if I'm being obtuse about that. I don't intend to be uh, because, of course, I assume that everybody knows these things about podcasting, but of course, you know, they probably have a life and don't. Um, but um, 
the company that I'm talking about is, is Gimlet, which was bought in 2019, I think the start of 2019, for uh, along with a, another um, app called Anchor for 300 300 million euro 200 300 million euro by um spotify so you know that's how the story ends is they um they do become the big uh, startup success story for the medium um and i think that's what's you know that's what's kind of unexpected for me about my professional life is and a a really interesting thing that i that i don't think always happens is that uh, you know, somebody who started in, in radio, talk radio, um, this other form has kind of emerged in the course of my professional life. And so my personal history is quite intimately interwoven with the history of podcasting and uh, as it emerged, because there were these kind of things that happened, you know, synchronously in my life at the same time as, as the podcasting form was sort of you know, bursting into the mainstream. So it's it becomes then both a personal story um, and a, a sort of a professional story or a, a medium story. Um, and yeah, they they they're all very they feel all very much integrated into who I am. Um, yeah. So what was it like, as in as a professional watching sort of working in radio and then seeing this new um, fancy sparkling new form of really radio? Um, emerge uh, from the ether and start to gain popularity? It was fascinating and completely unexpected. Um, you know, I've always been, uh, you know, professionally, I'm not saying this personally, but, you know, the medium has always been this weird backwater, really. I mean, talk radio was very old school. Um, if people listen, radio is, is amazing, but if people listen to radio, the majority of people who, who did so were listening to music radio because they wanted to listen to music. Um, and so from the very beginning of my career, I was very clear that A, it was radio that I wanted to be in and not television, and B, um, that it was talk radio. I didn't want to present music. I wanted to have interesting conversations with people. But in Australia, that meant that I could either work for the commercials, which were often in the kind of, you know, veering into the shock jockey kind of territory of which uh, which I had no interest in, or the ABC. So it was a very narrow employment kind of prospect for me. And people who listened to ABC radio, Radio National, or they listened to local radio when they were all kind of baby boomers and, you know, 40s and above. So not exactly, you know, a young woman in her 20s. I was a weird anomaly. Um, so it had always been this kind of, you know, quirk. Um, and then as this, you know, this other version of spoken word audio started to emerge and then everyone was getting into it and and the way that that happened for me uh, was that I had just uh, I was living uh, in Scotland at the time I had just taken a, a job at a, a university in Scotland and I was um, I was pregnant so I was about to go on maternity leave and we didn't have enough radio units so I had to write a couple of radio units before I went on maternity leave uh, and this would have been in sort of February 2013 um, so I thought oh man there's this thing called podcasting I don't really know what it is but I kind of should because it vaguely feels like it's I don't really know I'm just going to write this unit about podcasting and I'll deal with it when I come back from maternity leave <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't really know what I was <laughs> talking about. This is very reassuring, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I, I went away and I, I sort of, you know, the nature of the academic year in the Northern Hemisphere is you sort of start about September. So I um, started 
my I started teaching this unit and it was the point at which this kind of the the podcasting world converged and what had happened was that Apple had for the first time released um, a podcasting app as part of the native app suite which meant that if you had an Apple phone and you downloaded the iOS there was automatically a podcasting app on your phone and then we had Serial so This American Life thought they would just you know it's kind of just an experiment they're like let's just do this just do this storytelling and we'll just do it in podcasting form so you had this perfect storm of events where people had a device that could instantly access the form and the right version of storytelling came along and at the same time I was delivering this podcasting unit for the very first time so in real time this kind of form emerged onto the scene and I'm kind of saying to these students oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, it, it, all of a sudden, you know, for the last decade, it'd been around 10, about 10 years before that, it was a very weird backwater, even more weird than talk radio. Very few people paid it much attention, although some interesting people did. And all of a sudden, everyone was talking about it. So, yeah. I, I still, I still generally, my, my main go is still Hindenburg, despite how long yeah, I've been I doing this for. I'm like, Hindenburg's great. It's Hindenburg's- Hindenburg is the is the bomb, man. I'm um yeah, I've I'm editing a project. I have to teach audition for the first time in forever. Um and I used to use audition, you know, many years ago. But yeah, I still do all my work in Hindi. Hmm. Uh Hindenburg, if you would like to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> please send me we an love email. You Hindi. Yeah, like we Hindenburg. Do. I all we do all my editing is done on Hindenburg. Uh, shout out I, to Hindenburg. <laughs> I do genuinely love the company as well. They are a love. They're a small group of, of people, and they do good things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is really matter. We're talking about. I yeah. yeah. I think we're doing okay. Oh, I, oh yes. Uh, we're talking about the rise of podcast. Mm. Um, I think I remember being. I was probably very young, but maybe this is something that's sort of subliminal. Um, you know, influence during your younger years. That's that 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 guides you on the path down you know, decades later and you end up talking in front of a camera in in, a, in your apartment doing a podcast by yourself. I think I seem to remember like on TV shows, like people going, I have a podcast. And he's going, your podcast? The hell's a podcast? Like, oh, you're, you, you, you nerd, you weird yes. nerd <laughs> with, and, with and your, was... with your, with your podcast. <laughs> and that would be an entirely accurate assessment yeah. as well. <laughs> that would be was... the people that were doing it. Yeah. And I'd be like, that sounds actually, that's, it's pretty cool. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Podcast. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just note that down. I always knew if my students in the uh, UK, I don't get it as much here, if they'd copied their um, response from Wikipedia Wikipedia when they, they talked about podcasting because they'd be going, podcast, a portmanteau of the word iPod and broadcast. And I'm like, you have never used the word portmanteau in your life. And I know that that's in the Wikipedia entry. So I they, know. They read the Wikipedia entry and then, mm-hmm. then looked up portmanteau in the dictionary. It's like, well, I, that would be, if they'd done that, I would be overjoyed. I don't think they went that far, Cameron. Portmanteau, podcast is a portmanteau. And then there's a footnote and the definition of, port, of portmanteau. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that. That's the only, only acceptable copy of Wikipedia is if you define all the terms. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was a bit of a reveal for sure. So after the rise of podcasting in in that in that that um that era, did you then did you stay in radio or did you dabble in podcast or afterwards? I think radio people have, um, particularly you know, people who have use the form for storytelling have always kind of had a, a bit of a sense of 
uh, you know, ownership about podcasting. We're just kind of claiming that turf as ours as well. Um, and it's not, you know, the nice thing about podcasting really is that lots of people have come from lots of different spaces to, to create content um, in that way. And, you know, it's always interesting, I think, when you're sort of thinking about the history to, to recognise it. You know, people like Ricky Gervais were real innovators in those that, that first decade of podcasting. The comedians, I think, particularly in the UK, really got into it. Um, lots of documentary makers, lots of people. I, I think you know, it, it's really helpful to have another form that is similar but not exactly the same mm. as your own too because then you kind of have this point of contrast which helps you see things that are both uniquely radio or uniquely podcast and things that belong to a kind of a broader, um, you know, representation of spoken word audio as a, as a whole. So there's ways I think in which it's clarified our understandings um, of what's going on in different spaces. Um, there's, there's, it's a, has the potential to be a much more um, uh, experimental space um, than radio and just the difference between kind of a, a, a podcast format like a narrow cast versus a, a broadcast you know audience obligation and the kinds of um very extensive regulatory obligations um that you have if you hold a broadcast license and you're producing content in that form versus the podcast space um which is you know much more wild west um means that there's just a whole range more interesting things happening um so that's that's pretty cool really I, yeah i think the fringe nature of it really allowed for people who use their voice like comedians and documentary makers to really find a new audience without the restriction of a broadcasting corporation really um you could sort of do your own thing independently without having to bow to the whims of 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 a uh of a board of directors say with a with a commercial broadcast and i think that's why comedians especially really thrived will still thrive on podcasting because they can just sort of do their thing without really having too much to worry about. Yeah, and I think we're seeing podcasting also be used in ways that, interestingly enough, radio used to be used as. So particularly in Hollywood, I think it's it's often used as a space to pilot programs. It's obviously much cheaper, um, even if you're thinking about making a television series for that to happen in audio in the first instance before you start to film it all. Um, And so you see, you know, and that's what used to happen back in the old days, you know, Monty Python on the BBC, all of those programs, you know, the the ideas often came from the radio space and moved into this onto screens. Um, And we certainly see that happening with podcasting as well. Um, So we see these kind of reiterations, I think of radio. Um, But I think just for me too, as somebody who, wanted to work in radio because I loved really interesting conversations. I loved, you know, speaking to people um, to see how much, how many more people want to be part of conversations if they're very much conversations that they're interested in, you know. So this kind of sense that um, talk radio was uh, a sort of a reasonably marginal mass media, or there were just fewer people engaging in that form. People who loved it, loved it. People who didn't, didn't. But then podcasting comes along and we're like, oh, actually, lots and lots of people want to listen to conversations as long as they're conversations that are quite specifically, you know, tailored to their interests. So that's, uh, you know, I think reconnecting people to to sound um, and 
having conversations where we listen to voices and where we listen, um, whether that's happening in a radio space or a podcasting space, I think is is really reassuring for me to see that I wasn't such a strange, weird geek um, to like that stuff in the first place. <laughs> Do you see podcasting becoming overly commercialised? I think there are quite distinct waves that we can see now, and I, I'm not the first person to, to sort of identify this, but I think it's, it's sort of becomes clear as we look back that there was that sort of first decade as the medium kind of grew and developed. Then, you know, you've got that kind of 2014 serial kind of introduction you've got the sort of technological infrastructure as well as the content infrastructure which kind of pushes the medium into the mainstream for the first time you know talking about water cooler chats in inverted commas because people are listening to this weekly program um, and then you have this kind of sort of quite golden period where there's interesting stuff being made but everybody can access everything and then you've got the the era in 2019 where Spotify, the big names start to move into the space. So Spotify um, starts buying up big um, and and then you kind of end up where we are now, where you've got much more exclusive content. It's not this big kind of democratised space where anyone can kind of get into it and get equal access anymore. You know, at this point we end up with Joe Rogan, um, you know, who is paid what, however many hundreds of millions of dollars by Spotify for an exclusive deal. Um, so it's not surprising that the form and, and access morphs and changes as money comes into the space. Um, but I'm, I think there's lots of people who regret the things we lose in that process. You reckon we'll see like another, so like to what podcasting was to radio in its early days, would there be a something that is to, is to podcasting as it was to radio? I don't know. That's a really interesting question. And I'm always bad at imagining that, you know, one of the things I say to students is if you can work out the the sort of the the tech widget element of this, which you can mass produce, then that's how you can make lots of money. Um, I haven't done it clearly because I don't have lots of money. (laughs) We're still here. Yeah, I'm still here just having the chats. That's what I'm doing, just having the chats. And I think that's, you know, if you go back and listen to that, um, um, startup, which is the the program I was talking about, which Alex Bloomberg made when he started what became Gimlet Media, um, and he created the podcast about starting a podcast company. Um, those early episodes are excruciating, as he does a, a sort of hopeless job of pitching to Chris Sucker, one of the big venture capitalists, um, to try and get him to invest money. And that's one of the things he's saying. He's like, this is not. Uh, a mass, like in terms of the economies of scale that the big that startups want, it's not a kind of widget mass man, manufacturing model that you can churn out and kind of make a heap of cash from. It's not a Twitter or uh, something like that. So um, I think there are ways in which uh, you know the the, the form becomes self limiting um, because if you create crap, no one wants to listen to it. And it's a bit intangible, right? Like podcasting, it's it's sort of, it's more of a, an idea, not an idea, that's a terrible example. It's, it's more of a, um, a concept than a, than a, than a physical product. Like you said, Twitter, 
um, has its concept, but it's a, it's a thing really. Podcasting is sort of, it's like a genre. You can't, you can't really invest much into a genre. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort yeah. Of- it's hard to define. Look, I, I taught, uh, you know, so I, I taught that I, I'm sure that unit that I taught back in 2014 must've been one of the first kind of exclusively podcast units by good luck rather than good management in the UK when I, <laughs> when I was delivering it. No, you were, you had foresight. I was, yeah, I was ahead of the curve. Yeah. It was, a, it was that pregnancy kind of future seeing special addition to your brain that you get. Um, no, uh, you know, so I, I taught my a first kind of exclusively podcast unit that we de- designed for first years um, last year here. Um, and it's a, it is a kind of amorphous thing, right? Because a podcast can be anything as long as it's, you know, sound really. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty broad template. Um, and that makes it sort of hard to nail down um, when you're trying to establish kind of standards and expectations and quality associated with it um because lots of people like listening to stuff which i think is terrible quality (laughs) and lots of things happen which as somebody who specializes in what it means to work in sound only i think man that's that's awful that writing is awful or you have not paid attention to the fact that people are experiencing this medium in sound or other and yet you know that doesn't necessarily stop something from being successful Uh, so yeah, very postmodern, I'm sure. <laughs> It'll it, it could be like the uh, the projection of on the topic of the next podcasting to podcasting, um, the projection of thoughts and feelings into a brain, maybe. Wow, yeah, that that would be pretty trippy when we all have that. It's that chip that they yeah. injected into us with our vaccines. With our vaccines, yeah. Yeah. My um, I just got another Windows update for my uh for my operating system. Uh, from the from that chip today so oh good excellent well done you <laughs> have you got 5g as well i do have 5g as well yeah <laughs> nice. I, got, well. I, I got really good service actually <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. i don't uh, <laughs> not that i'm bitter i am um, <laughs> bill nothing, gates bill yeah. gates give me better 5g i have nothing worse than being in a communications hole in the middle of suburban sydney but yeah you know, no here, well here we find ourselves i used to live in uh in, in liverpool, near liverpool and that was a big black hole and now i live in now i live in ermington oh, doxing myself again <laughs> now i live in <laughs> north, they'll be after in, you in the northwest <laughs> and i get good reception uh well, lucky you. I think it's a criteria we a criterion we often forget to check when we're <laughs> thinking about where we live. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I'm doxing myself, but I'm sure half the people listening know exactly who I am and exactly and where, where I you live. live. <laughs> <laughs> One of them's probably in the room next door. But you know, that, um, um, what are you listening to at the moment, um, Helen? What I'm listening to at the moment is audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I think that's why it's a very clunky term that I keep using spoken word audio. Uh, but for me, um, that's a real uh, area of interest, real area of research interest as well, because I think interesting things have happened in that space. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, all of this in many ways stems from really loving having somebody read stories to me as a kid. Um, and so I think one of the things that I like about a podcast done well is depth. Um, and, you know, I talk to my students about this a lot, that we live in a time of extraordinary breadth. We can get across this kind of extraordinary range of, of subjects. Everything we look at has a hyperlink that can kind of bounce you off into a, to another kind of rabbit hole 
but you you tend to only get kind of you know millimeter deep with that um so what i like is you know the opportunity to, if somebody does it well to spend time building you know some depth of understanding about a, a subject and i think good podcasts do that well i think good audio books do that well um, but audio books have typically been um seen as a medium of deficit um, you know there's that there's a there's a bit of stigma attached to them um, they're seen as kind of a, a childish form because you know people often um will get children uh, access to to books by having them um you know in audiobook form rather than as children's capacity to read continues to emerge um and i think that the the rise of podcasting has been has really kind of facilitated a sort of a, a leap from audiobooks as well, sort of past some of that stigma. Um, and of course, back in the day, you know, I can remember long summer holidays, and my mum would buy a would, would borrow a, a an audiobook from the library for us to listen to, and you'd get this folder with a stack of cassettes, um, which combined with a hot car, was never a, a recipe for longevity. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, well, thank God for the digital age, right? Yeah. So you know, now we can kind of ram nineteen hours of Michelle Obama or whoever you want <laughs> that you're, you know, your you bestie Michelle that you're hanging out with, and it just fits very neatly on your phone. That's, that's a great title for a, for a podcast: nineteen hours of Michelle Obama. Nineteen hours of Michelle. Obama. Yeah, she's already done it. Um, but, um, and I think it's fascinating, sort of texts that translate well into audiobook form, and things that just don't. Um, uh, and I think, you know, the sort of performance elements of spoken word are uh, always interesting to me as well. Who lands as a narrator? Who, you know, those, there's, it's a big thing, right? If you've got a single voice production and somebody desperately wants that content but they don't connect with that voice, then ba-bow, you're mm -hmm. gone. Yeah. Well, well, then you, I mean, you have the classics, you know, you got Stephen Fry and, and, uh, and that um, cohort of, of uh, yeah. legendary uh voices that have really shone in um in the audiobook world yeah you know who my favorite is i i um my kid uh my oldest kid has always just loved stories and i you know i couldn't keep up with him and so i've got him into audiobooks pretty early and i'm sure that that did extraordinary things for his reading but the person i think is amazing and who he loved listening to and he was born in scotland right so it was always going to work but is david tennant oh of course um, David Tennant is just a is just a magical um, audiobook narrator, and he does like the How to Train Your Dragon series by Cressida Cowell, and he's just fabulous. Um, it's so and you, to hear that done well, it's just such a lovely, lovely skill. It's just such a delight. I think, um, yeah, it's really good fun. And I think what has also benefited is the radio play from podcasting, that because that was something that sort of fell off. Well, oh, totally. well, in the in yeah. the 20th century, no yeah, one was yeah. listening. To, I mean, I remember he listened to a radio play in the car with my grandfather on um on oh, what was it? What did he listen to? Something uh, BBC. No, no, it was like um it was an AM AM station, I think. Right. Anyway, I can't remember, but I just remember thinking, what what is what is this? What, what, what is this thing? What am I listening arc? to? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, look, the whole kind of radio, radio drama, radio fiction. I'm actually wearing a, a t-shirt you can't see very well called The Truth. Um, there's there's the interesting kind of backstory around that as well. So particularly in the, the New World countries, the USA and Australia, um, we kind of did a 
big recoil from radio drama um, before the podcasting thing came along. It just, it, there's something about the amount of work that has you have to do when you don't have pictures. Sound can do some of it, but there's just too much exposition that has to happen in dialogue or something, which means radio drama was just, just too hard to get it to land for audiences, you know, just didn't work. So the Americans and the Australians had very much disengaged. Um, and it was so strange to me when I got to, to Britain to turn on the radio at six o'clock expecting my nightly ABC news bulletin and to hear the Archers theme tune and to just be deeply offended by this thing <laughs> that I was thought, what is this? Where, why is it here? Where as an Australian? like And, and of course, people just love the Archers. It is this institution. And they, you know, BBC still does Book of Bedtime and does all of this stuff, which... Australian and American audiences long departed from. Um, but it was another thing that podcasting did was it kind of stepped back into the space and played with some of the technology like binaural recording, which is old technology. It's been around for a long time where you essentially put two microphones in the ear of a dummy head and can create the sensation of, of immersive sound. Um, so I don't know if you've ever listened to the YouTube clip of the barbershop or something and you can hear the kind of scissors and it feels like you've got kind of if you're listening to it in headphones you can hear the feel hear the sound of the scissors moving mm. around your head which is the effect of a, a binaural recording um, and so uh, a new wave of fiction storytellers um, in the states and in Australia really started to play with the technology play with the fact that people were listening in headphones um, and uh, bring it back to life and in fact one of my students um, has produced a, a great podcast called These Stories Are Not Real, which I'm very happy to spruik. Um, and he really kind of took a version of the form um, uh, called that This American Life had done a little bit of dabbling with. Um, and there's like, a, you know, every now and again, they would, This American Life would do a kind of a, a drama story. And there's, you know, David Radcliffe, for, Daniel Radcliffe, for example, narrates one of them, um, which is quite cool. Other big, you know, he does a sort of a rom-com one, I think, from memory. Um, and it's a little, it's quite different. You know, we're not talking kind of uh, coconut halves as horseshoes um, in this version. But he kind of took that idea and did this, I think really lovely uh, fiction, um, audio fiction uh, series called These Stories Are Not Real. So, yeah, that it's another form that podcasting has kind of breathed new life into, I think. Um, I'm just thinking uh, on my way, on my way to, uh, to, to avoid um, sonic disaster is my own sonic disasters and how easy it is to have sonic disasters. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think for one of... Um, one of my assignments for the, the old class that I did, um, I, I interviewed my dad, but I interviewed him next to a barbecue thinking it would, it would, uh, it would um, add some ambiance to it, but ah. it sounded like hot garbage. And I remember Peter Ring telling me and, um, and Terry telling me, what do you, why did you do that for? It's like, no, it's fine. It'll be fine. I, I hadn't listened to it at this point. I was like, it's fine. It'd be fine. It's going to sound great. I listened to it. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Oh, that's, a, you know, that's the nature of learning things, mm. isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's, uh, uh, yeah, there are many catastrophes you can have in sound. Um, I'm, I always get that slight feeling of anxiety when students go, and you said, and they quote me, I'm like, what did I say? Oh, did you? And, and, and you remembered? Like, that. <laughs> that's a worry. <laughs> 
I said something and you remembered what it was. Yeah, it's always quite disconcerting when uh, I get quoted back to myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I'm just looking at the time. I think we have been going for about half an hour. I think we have. Yeah. So, um, so rather than subject my listeners to any more of this for now, we can <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's pause, let's stop here. Um, maybe we'll have you on again to continue whatever we're talking about. <laughs> well, but you can continue to reflect more on the form as you uh, head deeper into the delights of podcasting. Uh, yeah, and, well, uh, yeah. Anyway, Helen, thanks for chatting. My pleasure. Probably speak to you again soon. I, I hope so. <laughs> Stardust MQ is a podcast made with the support of the Macquarie University Department of Physics and Astronomy and the Macquarie University Physics and Astronomy Society. Thanks to Oliver Doherty for editing this episode. Our intro music is by Poddington Bear, and our outro theme is from Ketsa. I'll talk to you next time.